From Pain to Purpose is a show that will bring inspiration, love, and healing to your lives. It's a show that will teach you that your trials and tribulations in life is only temporary and that it's only preparing you for your greatest calling. A show that will give you the courage to share your story with the world and not care what others may think or say. For your story is the key that will unlock someone else's prison. What was meant to kill you, God used it to prosper, restore, and strengthen you. To always remember that without pain, your purpose cannot be fulfilled into the power that God has ordained you to walk in. From Pain to Purpose by Aisha Monique. Stay tuned. Speak your truth. Today on Pain to Purpose podcast, we have a special guest by the name of Sharika Jackson. Welcome to the show, Sharika. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Sharika Jackson. I'm a 35-year-old wife, mother. Um, I have four kids, two stepkids. Um, I was born and raised in Savannah. I'm currently in school. I'm trying to get my bachelor's. That's about it. Awesome. So, tell us a little bit about some painful experiences that you may have experienced in your life, starting with your childhood. Okay. Um, When I was about six years old, um, well, first... I had I lived in a household that was a one parent household. Um, my dad was in my life, but I was solely with my mom. Um, she worked a lot, but she was able to provide for us, so we were always good, you know, as far as that. But about when I was about six years old, we were living in garden homes at the time. I was burned by hot grits. Which it, it was like I can remember everything to the you know to the sea. Um, it was a that was a really bad experience, and if it, it was this one particular person that actually saved my hands, because initially I got burned on my back, but by me rubbing my hands on it, it caused it to be on my hands more worse than my back. My back is totally fine. Um, it was this one lady by the name of Connie that stayed next door to us. She, and I have the most respect for her because she, she pretty much saved me that day. Um, that was one experience that was, it took a while to, it affected me being burned until I was about 23. And how did you get burnt? Were you in the kitchen playing or... How did that situation occur? Um, it was an accident. Um, we were playing. Um, my mom was cooking breakfast, but she was outside talking. Um, somebody knocked on the door, and she was outside talking. And I mean, it just happened real fast. And you know, we kids, so we try to do things and that we shouldn't shouldn't have done. Um, but it was an accident that happened. That. Yeah, it could have been prevented, but we were kids, so it happened, and then 
But like I say, it affected me until I was 23. And what emotions did you feel when you say it affected you? Like, how did it affect, affect you? Um, just going around people and they'd be like, oh, what happened to your hand? Or whatever. And even through middle school, I remember this one particular time. I was in middle school and the kids used to always bother me about my hands. And I broke my arm on, on purpose so that I could have something to cover my, my hands. Um, so I had something to cover my hands for a long time. It was never so much my left hand because it's not that bad. It was always the right. That was always something that people point out when they, when they see me. Um, I wore an arm brace on my arm from 7th grade to 12th grade. There was nothing wrong with my arm at that point, but it was more so of a hiding thing. Very self-conscious about it. Very, I wore a jacket year-round when I went to school. I didn't take my jacket off until I got home because it was, I'm real bashful. I don't like people talking in front of people. It just, I didn't like the fact that they were always figured out and they used to do something to me every time. It made me, it stressed me a lot that they are ass. But I met this one lady um, when I was about 23. And she asked me, she said, baby, what happened to your hand? I said, I said, I got burned when I was smaller. She said, me too. And she actually got burned by grits as well. Wow. Didn't know, just ran into her. And she was like, can I see it? But I kind of hesitated to let her see it. And she was like, it's okay. And then she was like, are you ashamed? I say, I'm not really ashamed. It's just the fact that I don't like showing it because I don't like the attention and I don't like, I was teased a lot about it. And like people used to be like, oh, I'm not gonna touch, don't touch me, whatever. So it was always that. And she was like, she looked at me and she said, do you feel that you're not beautiful? What makes you feel that? I said, no. She said, what makes you feel not beautiful? I said, it's just my hands. Because everybody, she said, baby, you're very beautiful. Stop hiding your hands. That's a part of you. So from that day forward, I never hid my hands again. And I didn't care what people said. They asked me to this day, how you got burnt? Grits. But... I'm older now, so people don't be like, uh, we were kids, so I'm go through that. But it was a lot of, it, it caused a lot of depression, like, that I just kind of kept to myself. I'm not a person that really talks about my emotions, so sometimes I hold it in. But that was one of the things that was painful to me, so. Okay, and did it give you more, like, low self-esteem issues with, Yes. With your hands? Yes, most definitely. And how, when, okay, so how long did it take you to really adjust? So when you spoke with the lady, how long did it take you to adjust? Like, you know what, I am beautiful. You know, how long did it take you? Was it like overnight or was it like a mm -mm. process for you? Honestly, I could say about 26. 26. Yeah, about 26. I wasn't hiding anymore, but I still was having that self-conscious thing where I'm like, 
you know, it's just it don't something. look like nothing is really wrong with your hands. Mm-mm, it doesn't, but now it doesn't because the older I get, the more it gets into my skin. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really look. And then eventually it turned my skin color. Okay. So, and I couldn't get skin grafts because it was too deep. So I couldn't get skin grafts because at that point I was small. So skin grafts, and they said it wasn't a word. It would have just made it worse. So it was best that it just healed this way. So it was another, it was another color. Yes. Okay. It was kind of like pink for a long for years. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, and I know you said that was one thing that you've gone through. Like, what else that is it that you may have gone through that you may have never talked about or shared with anyone that you would like to talk to, you know, the listeners and, you know, be an inspiration to those who's listening? Um. About when I was about nine, um, I was molested by somebody that was close to me. Um, it caused me, it caused me a lot of pain through my moving into my adulthood, even my teenage years. I would do stuff that really didn't make sense, but it was always to just to feel that someone is there. And when you say you would do things that doesn't make any sense, like could you elaborate? Um, I would do things like if my mom wasn't around, I would kind of like sneak away or whatever. Just to feel that, just to know if she's still, if she's watching. Okay. But she was always watching, and I wasn't with her when it, you know, it happened. And that's why I'm so. I have two daughters, so I'm real like I'm always like on the net. I have a 16 year old and a five year old. I really don't let them out of my eyesight because I don't really trust people mm-hmm. to be around them like that because they're growing up. My daughter, she's a junior, so she's grown up. Yes. So, it's just... And I forgave, you know, after I grew up, I became an adult, and I understand, understood what the issue were, was with the person or whatever. I forgave. I did forgive them. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with them, and I did forgive them because at that time, they wasn't in their right state of mind. Mm-hmm. So, I... I'm a forgiving person. Mm-hmm. And most of the times, a lot of people say, I forgive too easily. Mm-hmm. But it's not the fact that I forgive too easily. It's the fact that I do it for me. Gotcha. It's not even about them. I do it for me just to have closure for myself. So have you ever uh, faced that, that person and maybe had talked to them and let them know, like, what did they do? Like, why? Mm-hmm. Never did because, like I say, they was they don't even remember. So, they don't... Because they wasn't in there. Right. So, were they drunk or were they... Mentally ill. Mentally ill. Yeah. So, it's not really... I mean, I've talked about it, but not per se with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't know that, though. Yeah. Because I don't really share that part Mm -hmm. of my life because... You are depressing it. Right. It's more of... I put it in the back of my head. I don't really talk about it, I don't share it with anybody. Mm-hmm. 
So, but it was for a long time that I didn't, I never said anything mm-hmm. about it until mm-hmm. I was about, until I was like a senior. I mm-hmm. finally said something about it or whatever. Now, during the time I went to counseling and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, my parents did make sure, you know, I get that part so of it. So you told, you did tell your parents? Oh, yeah. When it sure. first happened or... Yeah, when okay. it first happened. Yeah. So did they believe you or mm-hmm. they believed you? Yeah. Okay. They definitely did. And how like how did that make you feel? Like after that, like how like how did that make you feel? Like when it I happened, just, because you say you were nine years old. Right. So going through life and I know that, you know, it probably it probably did it affect your sex life? Did it like how did oh, it affect yes. you? Most definitely, um, my sex life, um, I didn't lose my virginity until I was out of high school. Okay. So, it was more so a thing of, I was kind of ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't, like, if it would always get to that point, I just stopped talking to them or whatever. It was like, I was shy, I was shy even... When it got to that point and it finally did happen, I still was shy. Mm-hmm. And so that was that. Your, so that was your first, right? That person. Well, no, well, that happened different. Like I only been in two serious relationships before mm-hmm. my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was that way with the people that I was dating and with my husband. So, do you mind going back to that moment where it happened? Like, how did it happen? I can't really remember detail to detail. But, um, I do know I was asleep. I do know that. Mm-hmm. And, um, it kind of woke me up. Um, but I wasn't home. I was at my grandma's house. Were they older? Than yeah. You? Okay. Yeah. They were older, but it's just, it's my truth. Mm-hmm. And some people may not understand it, mm-hmm. but it's really not for them to understand. Yes. Um, because you're not the only one who have gone through this. You right. have other people all over the world who has experiences, but they're suppressing it or they're keeping it to themselves because they feel like, oh, this person is going to judge me or they're going to talk about me. But it's not about that. It, this is your truth. Right. So I um, fast forward into me being about 22. Um, I started going to the OBGYN because at that point, you know, I was in a relationship, so I did want to have kids. Um. But when I did that, I was told I couldn't have kids mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. I had before, I didn't get pregnant until I was 29 wow. with my daughter. My older three kids, and that's, a, that's another situation, but I didn't birth them, but they're mine. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin they are actually my cousin kids but I took on that responsibility at about I got my daughter oldest daughter about when I was 19 wow. 
still I was still I was a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I got her, but me and her birth mom we were like really tight, like so. And she was going through some illnesses and stuff that she needed me, mm-hmm. so I was there. And that was your best. That, no, that's that was my cousin. Your cousin, okay. Right. So, um, she needed me, and I got a lot. Of, when I got my daughter, it was cool. I got a lot of backlash when I got the boys. Mm-hmm. People saying, "Why are you doing that? You're so young." I was young, but at that point, I knew that I need. She needed me, mm-hmm. so. Being that she needed me, I needed to be there for her. Mm-hmm. So those are my ba- those are my babies. They were my babies before I actually had a child. Okay. And they they are mine. Like I took care of them like they were mine because I honestly didn't think I could have kids. And I always used to tell. And I remember telling my mom one time. She was like, she was all. My mom was always okay with it. Okay. Um. You know, she just said, you know, it's my decision. Just make sure it's something that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I got them. I got Trinity first. Um, I didn't get the boys until 2008. Okay. 2008, I got the boys. Um, when I got them, they were three and six at the time. Okay. Um. But they were my babies, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I didn't mind. So everything I did revolved around them. Mm-hmm. So in two thousand nine, two thousand nine, um, I got them. I had gained custody of them. Um, she was, you know, she was in the home with me. I had custody of them, but she was in the home with me. But she was ill. So she was in a home with me. So the your cousin. Yeah. Okay. Their mom. So it wasn't like she just kind of you know gave them some and she wasn't around. That wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. She was a great mother. Mm-hmm. Um. But then, in two thousand ten, she passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, the day after her birthday. Wow. But that that really messed me up. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like the boys, yeah, I was okay with having Trinity. I was okay with having all of them. Mm-hmm. But it was only supposed to be until she healed. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. And I was okay with it not working out that way. But it's just that that did something to me. And what emotions did you feel like when she passed away? Well... 30 days before that, um, before she passed away, my grandmother passed away, but she was living with me too. Mm-hmm. And I was living in Yamakura at the time. It was, you know, me, the three kids, my grandma, and their mom. Mm-hmm. And, and you were taking care of all of them. Right. So, like those, and people used to be like, you're so young, and you're doing all this. I was young, but that little circle... That was my heart, so it was like I was gonna make sure it was good. Um, I got my grandmother; she was in the nursing home because she had a stroke, um, and she went through 
you know, rehabilitation and everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember she called me on December the 2nd, 2009, and she said, she told me to come get her. Mm-hmm. So I went and got her. I went and got her December 2nd, 2009. So I made dinner for, you know, all of us that night. Mm-hmm. And my grandma was there. We was all, you know, we was all having fun or whatever. But I was prepared to take care of my grandma and whatever I else I had going on. But that next morning, I prepared breakfast for her, and she was on dialysis. Mm-hmm. She went, she went off to dialysis. It wasn't even five minutes. Mm-hmm. Even when she was walking out the door, she said, "Okay, baby, I see you later." I said, "Okay," and I remember her like to this day. I can still picture her still walking to that van to get in the dialysis van. Five minutes later, the lady called me back and said that she stopped breathing. Literally, five minutes later. In the van. In the van. Didn't thinking that see you later was literally, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. So, that did a lot to me. But Nicole was there to, to get me through it because... Mm-hmm. You know, you you pick somebody, and I used to do a lot for my grandma. I was taking her around around her errands, even because she left out of the nursing home, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like she was stuck in there. She was always out and with yeah. family. So when that happened, and I was like, I didn't even have her for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. But a statement she made was that day when I went to pick her up is, I don't want to die in this nursing home. So, you hear people say that, but mm-hmm. you don't actually think that deep to where you would. So, when so she, she kind of knew. Right. I think that she already knew. Um, because even that morning when I was waiting for the dialysis van to come, and after I fed her breakfast, I remember dozing off to sleep on the other chair, and she was looking at me. And I, and I woke up and said, what you staring at me for? Kind of mm-hmm. like that. And she was like, nothing, baby. I said, you all right? She said, yeah. But at that moment, now that I think about it, been thinking back to it, over time, she knew. Mm-hmm. But she knew that it had to be out of the house. And she wanted to be around you. Right. So, but Nicole was there. She helped me, you know, because, I, I mean, I didn't really know what to do. So... She kind of got me through that. And was Nicole, uh, oh, was she older than you? Or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, she was older than me. Um, she was already in her 30s at that point, in her late 30s at that point. Um, so, you know, we went through that process or whatever. And, like I say, not even 30 days later, January the 11th, it was her birthday. And we just stayed, that day, we just stayed in the house. We just did stuff together. Like, we ate cake. We did everything just in the house for just us. And then January 12th, she left because I had to go back to work that day. And I was working at Durst at the time. And um, she left, and she said she was going to Target to get um, some stuff. So I was like, okay, well, I need, because she watched the baby for me. Why I go to work. Which is the baby boy. Right. Okay, the baby boy. So, um, and at that point he was three. Mm-hmm. So he um he went with her and I went off to work or whatever. 
and she I had not got off work by this time. You know, the day had not went by, but it was, she was like, I'm on my way home. I was like, okay. She said, you want me to get some cleaning stuff? I said, yeah. I said, yeah, you can get the cleaning stuff. She said, okay, girl, I'm going to see you later. Same, see you later. Mm-hmm. I didn't think nothing of it because I didn't think that was going to, you know, happen with her. Because mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was young. But mm-hmm. I do know that, you know, it happens when you can die when you're young. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't. Think that, but she was actually the person to get me through with my grandma, the situation with my grandma, and what. So because I wasn't sleeping mm-hmm. at all, but when she died, I stayed. I went into the hospital. I already knew when it. I already knew. I had already had the feeling mm-hmm. when I got there because the way they were moving, mm-hmm. I was already there. Thirty part in December. Mm-hmm. So I knew the same procedure they was going through. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I just told them, I just say, just, just tell me, mm-hmm. like, you know, just tell me at this point. Um, and they did that, and we went on. You know, we had the service and everything, but. So she, I, how did she die? Did she die? Cause I know you said she was told she'll see you later when you was at work. Did she die in the house or? No, on her way, on her way home. In the car. Mm-mm. Um. She was she was on the city bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was on the city bus, and she had him with him. So with her, mm-hmm. so I kind of just, you know, I brought him back home. The other kids, I ended up letting them stay out that night because mm-hmm. I just wanted to spend that time solely with him because mm-hmm. he was with her. So I did stay in there that night, but I didn't sleep, mm-hmm. and. I remember jumping up, and I remember hearing him in his sleep say, um, you know Nicole Dad? You know Nicole Dad? So I woke him up by his sleep, because I moved his bed in my room. Mm-hmm. When I heard him say that, I got up, I got, I packed us a bag, mm-hmm. and I went to my mom. I drove right to my mom's house. Mm-hmm. I never went back mm-hmm. to the house. Really? Mm-mm. So you left everything there? I went back when it was... I never went back to get anything mm-hmm. or anything until I moved out of there. Until my lease was up. I only stayed out there for a year. Mm-hmm. So I never returned to stay in the house. I stayed at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. So I ended up finding a place on the south side. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just moved because I couldn't stay in the house because Too I had two memories. people. Right. It was two people that was close to me that passed. And I didn't have time to grieve for my grandma. Mm-hmm. So losing a person that was really, really close to me. And that wasn't a person that just, oh, I just became close. Mm-hmm. That was someone that I've been close with for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So it is, but I, I still never talked about it. They mm-hmm. never, nobody never knew my pain. Mm-hmm. I still deal with that to this day. Mm-hmm. So what, when you think about it, like what thoughts like travel through your mind? Like, cause I know you, like you say, you think about it and I know you think about them both. Right. So when it comes to your mind, like what thoughts are you thinking? I just wish she was here. Still, even if she, and I know it's selfish to say even if she's ill, mm-hmm. still there. But I just feel like 
she could have been if she would have been here she would have been so proud of her kids mm-hmm. all of them because mm-hmm. she had six kids mm-hmm. so she would have been very proud of them mm-hmm. especially her oldest daughter mm-hmm. she like she's she's like every spit of her mom mm-hmm. like to the T independence wow. features looks everything mm-hmm. just like and so do the kids still like do they deal with it or how you know cuz I you have them so right but see that they, they were so young mm-hmm. um they miss her um the 3 year old when he was 3 even until he became a teenager I enforced that into him to dish your mom because one time we was talking about her and he didn't remember her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he was about six. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, maybe because he, he was so young. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started putting it into his head. Mm-hmm. I started getting pictures, putting mm-hmm. them around the house. Mm-hmm. Like, I, she still, like, lives through us. Mm-hmm. Like, we, I keep her alive. Mm-hmm. I, it doesn't matter what other people do. Mm-hmm. Or if they if they don't do it, mm-hmm. or they do do it, I do what's best for me and my kids mm-hmm. because I feel like we do visits mm-hmm. to the graveyard. Mm-hmm. You know, we do all that because I want them to still know mm-hmm. their mom. I keep stuff around with her. Mm-hmm. I talk about her frequently, mm-hmm. um, but that was just one of the those two or one of the. Deaths that kind of took a toll on Like, it kind of, like, I was mean towards people. Mm-hmm. Like, even when they would talk to me, it just like I was mean. Like, it was like a different me. And mm-hmm. I'm not mean. Mm-hmm. I'm not mean at all. But during that time, like, I was really mean. Mm-hmm. Even to, like, a lot of friends and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was so overprotective of her mm-hmm. I didn't and especially if someone tried to say something negative about her mm-hmm. definitely got it mm-hmm. because that wasn't something that y'all was going to do mm-hmm. because she was great to a lot of people mm-hmm. she she took a lot of people in so it's just that death is for me mm-hmm. it's hard mm-hmm. especially when you lose someone that so close to you, right? And, Unexpectedly, at that. Mm-hmm. And how did like? I know you say you think about her often. You well, you know, probably every day mm-hmm. because you know you have her children. But like, what? Like, how do you feel now? Do you still? How do you feel now? I'm more wiser now. Mm. Um. Sometimes I kind of, I like it's certain things I deal with the kids. Mm-hmm. And their dad is not in their life like that. He's around, but mm-hmm. he's not in their like mm-hmm. life, you know, every day or mm-hmm. whatever. So I'll, I'll kind of, sometimes I'll just sit and I'll be like, dog, what can Nicole do in this, mm-hmm. what, this situation? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, and I'll kind of be like, you got to, some things I'll be like, you got to show me. Like, I'll start praying and say, you got to show me what to do. Like, what would you do? And I feel like she prepared me 
for that day because she instilled a lot of stuff in me. She instilled a lot of a lot of the things that I know today are from her. Okay. She taught me a lot. And, even and as what far are those as, things like? As far as handling business, like that's even like what my family, they're all, they always come to me and it's like, why you do such and such and such? Because she taught me a lot. And she taught me how to make money when I didn't have money. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was a lot of things. Like, she taught me how to be independent. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was okay with being alone at one point. Mm-hmm. I was okay with that. And what, like, what part, like, have you ever questioned God? Like, you know, because I know they say you're not supposed to question mm-hmm. God. But have you ever got to a point in your life, like, and maybe ask God, like, why me? Like, why did you put this this responsibility? I mean, as far as the kids, no. Mm-hmm. Never questioned. Just taking care of your grandma. Right. And, and right. So, no, never as far as that. But... As far as putting that emotion on me and having to deal with those things, yes, I I have questions and say, why am I going through these things? Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong to go through these things? Mm-hmm. But have you ever came to like a solution? I feel like how I feel is um, it was done with me because they knew that I could handle it. Um, yeah, I can handle it, but I do. I did at that time have my weak points, um, dealing with it. But like I say, I was always okay with it, and I am okay with it because those are my babies. Like, and anybody know? Like a lot of people don't know that mm-hmm. I didn't birth those kids, mm-hmm. but they're mine because I when they see me, they see them. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know that, but. Like, I'm their mom. Like, they know. And I keep their mom, yes. you know, alive. And, you know, just letting them know that, you know, this is what your mama would have did mm. or whatever. Or, you know, even just talking about her mm. or even just sharing pictures with her of her or whatever. So, I... Because to me, it just seemed like everything you've gone through, God know, God chose you because he knew that you had that strength. Yeah, but I've I've also had my weak points. Mm. Um which was And that's understandable. Yeah, which was and I can honestly say to get through my auntie helped me get through mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. Um like that was my my diary. Like mm-hmm. she she gonna tell she told me what was right, mm-hmm. not what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And like she practically knew everything, mm-hmm. and if she see me doing something that's not right, and she'll say, "All right, niece, mm-hmm. you know you need to get it together," mm-hmm. or whatever. So it's like she helped me get through those things because I was—I remember I was going to my grandma's grave. Mm-hmm. I was going to both of their graves every day, like mm-hmm. clockwork. Mm-hmm. And my auntie, my auntie Marie, she was like, "Baby, you got to stop that." Mm-hmm. She said, "That's not—that's not good. That's not healthy." Mm-hmm. So. I eventually stopped. Um, I did stop with Nicole first, mm-hmm. but I was still doing it with my grandma. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because I was so used to taking care of her mm-hmm. or going this place. Mm-hmm. And I think that was 
you know, that was the only reason. But I did eventually stop. Mm-hmm. I did eventually stop. Um, life was pretty, you know, smooth as I did stop. Yeah, I used to think about them, but mm-hmm. I was moving on. Because, like I say, at that point, I knew, well, they said I couldn't have kids. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to build my own family. Mm-hmm. So since I can't physically have a child, I'm going to build my family I feel like I always felt like God placed them in my life because and I always thought about well maybe if I didn't you know get molested maybe mm-hmm. I would be able to have kids mm-hmm. but was that the reason why no the, no okay. okay um I have something called endometriosis mm-hmm. um and also with endometriosis you deal with inf- infertility mm-hmm. as well and that's what it was about and I've had surgery 14 times mm-hmm. from that same thing mm-hmm. dealing with things where um I also have an illness with um my intestines mm-hmm. where I can't eat certain stuff I can't eat mm-hmm. or drink okay it just I end up having to get my gallbladder removed mm-hmm. you know as a result to that okay um the last couple of surgeries in 2018 mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Mm-hmm. I didn't share it with nobody. Mm-hmm. Nobody, not even my husband. Mm-hmm. He didn't know until after I had the surgery. Okay. Then, after I got my results back and I was clear, mm-hmm. then I told them. So why didn't you feel the need that you had to tell the closest people to you? I didn't want them to worry. Okay. My husband is very, when something is going on with me, he's mm-hmm. very overprotective of it mm-hmm. and it's like sometimes his emotion mm-hmm. is more stronger than mine okay because that's just the way he loves though so okay. like if something's going on with me he'll you know he'll step in and, and he take over the emotion i try to i'm i'm a very strong individual mm-hmm. very strong but that came over time that didn't just happen overnight. That was over time. After going through so much, mm-hmm. um, I feel like my husband was brought into my life for a reason. Mm-hmm. And you had your first child. I had, I've always, um, I remember making this pact when I was 13 mm-hmm. with my cousin Nika. I was, we was like, we gonna we gonna have kids until we we gonna have our first child when we twenty five, mm-hmm. and we gonna be married. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had to uphold that. Even though she wasn't physically here anymore, mm-hmm. I needed to, you know, hold, uphold my end of what we agreed to, mm-hmm. what we made the pack on. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have a child until mm-hmm. I was twenty. I got pregnant when I was twenty nine. Okay. Um, didn't expect to be pregnant because mm-hmm. um, honestly I wasn't trying to get pregnant I couldn't have kids I wasn't even having a cycle mm-hmm. so because of the endometriosis mm-hmm. so I didn't think that I was going to get pregnant mm-hmm. at all and when I did become pregnant I became very overprotective because prior to that mm-hmm. the year before that I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. and um, that kind of mess with me so I was like you know what forget it I ain't doing it. I ain't going to even try no more mm-hmm. if it happened it happened whatever so it did happen mm-hmm. but I was doing my whole pregnancy mm-hmm. I prayed over my baby every night mm-hmm. because I didn't want to 
lose my baby again. Mm-hmm. It was so bad until, and it was almost like an anxiety thing. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, I was going to the doctor every week. From the time, for the time I found out I was pregnant, the day I found out I was pregnant, I went to the OBGYN the same day mm-hmm. because I was scared, like, and so I was having some bleeding around my placenta, so that was already, and the hospital was telling me that because initially they told me I had the flu, so mm-hmm. they kept treating me, kept treating me, so it wasn't until three days later mm-hmm. I actually figured out what was wrong, and I was pregnant, wow. so... They, you know, my pregnancy, which everybody was shocked because my family knew that I couldn't physically have kids. Mm-hmm. So taking care of those babies that I had mm-hmm. has always been my top priority. Mm-hmm. And I'm more overprotective of them than my own child that I birthed mm-hmm. because I know she's good. Okay. I know she's good. Mm-hmm. Like. She's good. My husband going to always provide for her. Mm-hmm. You know, provide for her. I don't got to worry about nothing when it comes to her. And he's the only man that I've been with that accepted all three of my babies. Wow. They, he's the only... And that's when I knew that. I was like, you know, he, you know, this the one. Mm-hmm. This the one, like, I'm going to be done after this. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in a, abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And... He just, he was different. Mm-hmm. But this was somebody that I used to communicate with as a teenager. Mm-hmm. But it was never, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, nothing. We just talked. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I gave it a shot because prior to that, I was out of a relationship for two years. Okay. And that relationship, I pretty much prayed myself out of because it was time. It was time to come. Yeah. It was time for me to let go, and I had to do what was best for me mm-hmm. and my kids. Mm-hmm. So, my when it comes to my husband, with my kids, and him accepting all three, that was a goal for me. Um, I feel like I was looking for love in all the wrong places mm-hmm. prior to that. Because, like I said, my dad was in my life, but when I was about 15, he stopped doing for me, mm-hmm. taking care of me, because I had a job. Wow. And he stopped doing a lot mm-hmm. don't get me wrong i love i love my dad but i'm st- i still hold a lot of things mm-hmm. against him okay. because i feel like he could have been there more mm-hmm. um but so, then it's like you don't know what he's been going through on his end you see what i'm saying yeah but he ended up he ended up getting married so you know someone else mm-hmm. and i do have siblings i love my siblings mm-hmm. all of them um but sometimes it used to make me feel like as kids that, as a kid that he loved his kids in the house more than he loved his kids out of the house. And the reason I say that is they got things that me and my sister never got. We, because she's also a child that's an outside child. Mm-hmm. But what we, what happened as far as us is, we can relate to so many things when it comes to our dad. Mm-hmm. So we, like, we're close, like, really, really close. Mm-hmm. So we, I feel like those relationships before my husband, mm-hmm. I was always. You were trying to fill that void that you never got from your right, dad. Right, And I've, I've always been, until, it wasn't until I was grown, I was 
scared of my dad. I wouldn't say nothing to him. But now, I tell him how I feel. Mm-hmm. In a respectable way, but I tell him how, how I feel. So does he understand? No. Okay. He he don't he doesn't get it. He thinks that nothing he do is wrong. So, mm-hmm. but I still tell him. And sometimes, and I try not to. You know, I don't be disrespectful towards him. Mm-hmm. I just don't answer my phone. Mm-hmm. I just don't answer my phone. So he knows exactly how you feel. Like every emo, like everything, how you feel. Yeah, I've told him. Mm-hmm. Oh, not all that one time, mm-hmm. but over time, I've told him. Okay. Um. But it's and it just was always crazy to me that the two relationships I had prior to my husband, all their birthday was a surrounded around his his birthday. Really, your dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like everybody that I was in the same relationship with, birthday was in August, surrounded around his birthday. Wow. And my husband's birthday, when you know we got together, we started dating or whatever. Never dawned on me that, you know, I didn't think about his birthday being in August. Mm-hmm. Crazy thing is, after I, after we got married and stuff, after we got married the first, very first time in 2013, I was like, you know what? That's my daddy's birthday. So wow. they share the same birthday. Wow. So it's almost like... Get away from me. No, and I can't... And, it's to the point now to... I don't talk to him that often. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. I love mm-hmm. my dad. But I wasn't talking to him for about six months mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. And I started back talking to him because I was like, life's too short. Mm-hmm. What if something happened and I'm not and I'm still mad with him? Because mm-hmm. he was texting me. He was calling me. I just wasn't responding. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just felt like the relationships... And the things that I went through in those relationships, I, I honestly, I blame him because he wasn't there. If had he filled that void, I wouldn't have had to go through those things. But I would have love in all right. the wrong places. Right. And with that, with your dad, like, how do you feel like you can heal yourself? completely with your dad like how do you like what can you do like what therapeutic things have you done to try to cope with having a better relationship with him i don't think that i ever will have a better relationship with are you because you're holding on to things of the past or not so much things of the past it's just a lot of things that he has done in the present Mm. to where like I, I talk to him, but and I try, and I have, I have moved past those things, but I still, you know, I still put those into the equation mm-hmm. when I'm dealing with him, mm-hmm. because. Do you think it's some things that he's dealing with within himself that he may not never have spoke about to you? No. Because sometimes we may feel like, well, is it me? But in all actuality, it's some things that he's dealing with. Right. And you know, with men, they don't share their emotions. It could be that. And he he has this thing where he always say, one of my little sisters, she's um 16. He was like, he'll say, because she, we know we look alike. And she'll, he'll be like, she look like you. She act like you. She just like, 
But she has like the same attitude I have. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like I really, but I felt like God sent my husband mm-hmm. for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was, I feel like it was, it was time. Mm-hmm. So we've been together since 2013. So that made you feel more whole and right. complete. Because right. now you have someone who accepts your, all, all of your them. children. Right. Yeah. And was okay with not having a child, another child. Okay. Because he had had two kids mm-hmm. from a previous relationship. Mm-hmm. So he was okay with that. Okay. So. But, you know, of course he wants another child because his kids are teenagers as well. One mm-hmm. of them are, is an adult. So, it's just, I, I really was just filling the void with other people mm-hmm. and always felt like I had to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. But then, once I got out of my, out of my last relationship, I was like, I'm just going to take time for me. I'm just going to work on me. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. I took, put my main focus on me and my kids. Gotcha. So it's always, everything I do is about them. Um, I include them into the equation. And I know sometimes, and I had to also think about it. Like, their dad, is, like I said, is around, but he ain't around like he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes... They older now, so they'll get it where, well, why he don't do nothing for us? Whatever. Just like I told them, don't worry. I got y'all. Because forever. that can make them feel incomplete. They, their mom is, you know, mm-hmm. gone. And then they don't have, they have a father figure. Right. But they don't, you know, it's nothing like having your biological father. Right. And my daughter was being, you know, when you get to be a teenager, she was starting to be rebellious. Mm-hmm. But I, nobody didn't really understand. But I understood because those things I did to my to my mama. Okay. So I knew it was because her dad wasn't around. So as sometimes as we're younger, we do things to try to get attention. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of things I did in my childhood. Mm-hmm. To try to get attention so that... To feel loved right. and to, to get that, like you said, to get that attention... Because it can play a major, you know, effect on you. It really can. Um, And I know you said that you lost Mika. Mm -hmm. Um, How, and that, was that more like your best friend or, you know, how close were you all? Yeah. And how did that take a toll on you after you done lost your grandmother? Well, that happened when, that happened when I was a teenager though. Okay. So, that was really the very first death I ever dealt with. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a, it, that took a while because it was me, her, and actually, like, we always, you know, it was, like, always us, so, I think that's why me and Ashley grown so close because of that. Because we, we both was hurting from that. Mm-hmm. Even though we were close, but it's like we got closer mm-hmm. over time. And I think it was solely because, you know, of us both dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And then with your Aunt Marie, you said that was more like your diary. When she passed away, like, how did you feel like... Because she was someone so close to you. That 
and that is recent. Um, the recent, most recent death I dealt with. I went through all the phases all over again. Like I didn't really want to do anything. Um, became, became depressed. Right, became depressed, and I didn't share it. Um, people knew that I was really grieving because I had my big moment with her when I renewed my vows mm -hmm. in 2019. Mm -hmm. I had my, you know, my big, that was my big event with her, and she was so happy, and that was in June. Of last year? Yeah, 2019, okay. mm -hmm. and that was in, in June, and coming up to us renewing our vows, she wanted everything perfect. Like everything, like she was going off on people left and right. Um, when I renewed my vows, my dad didn't show up, mm -hmm. and she was pissed. So when he did come at about eleven thirty, was she late? Oh, I'm talking about eleven thirty p.m. Oh, yes, eleven thirty okay. p.m. Okay. When it was over at the reception. Yes. Okay. When it was about to be over, we had to be out of the building at twelve. Mm -hmm. So I had been crying that day because he didn't show up. Now my stepmom, she was there and she was she like she shows up. Regardless if my dad don't show up, she shows up. And for that alone, I always have respect and love for her because she shows up even when he doesn't show up. Uh -huh. Or she'll call and get things for my baby. Uh -huh. She don't have she doesn't have to do that because uh -huh. You know, she got her own kids, mm -hmm. and I'm not her child. So, but she has really, like, she show up all the time. Like, if I call her, and if she can do it, she'll do it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she, you know, may not can't do it for me, but when it comes to my baby and those kids, she sh she show up. She really does show up. Um, My Aunt Marie, death was unexpected. So, mm -hmm. um, took a really big toll on me. I I was angry all of again. Mm -hmm. I was just doing things, even nitpicking at my husband. Mm -hmm. I love things that wasn't even necessary to have. Did he recognize it? Like where it was he never recognized what it was, but mm -hmm. he knew that something was wrong. Was wrong. Mm -hmm. Um. That, prior to the day that she passed away, she called me, like, the Tuesday before that. And we were talking or whatever. And, you know, she was just happy and jolly. But when it comes to her, the only regret I have is she inboxed me on Facebook that morning saying she, she was like, you know, sending this message saying she loved me. Mm -hmm. But... I didn't, I was doing hair at the time, mm -hmm. so I didn't respond right then. But then she sent it again at 10.36 a.m. Mm -hmm. I still was doing hair, I didn't respond. Mm -hmm. By the time I got, I said I respond to her once I, you know, I leave. Mm -hmm. Now, I did respond back to her, but by the time I got finished doing the person hair and got getting to almost home, going to get me something to eat, I was going to carry his. Mm -hmm. I got the phone call. So I literally... When you know, straight there, I never, and she did. I didn't. I feel like 
sometimes I was beating myself up saying I should have or maybe I should have responded to her right then. Maybe I could have saved her. Mm-hmm. But I was beating myself up a whole lot when it comes to her. I'm still really dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, From I, that message or just period? Just period. Okay. Right. Just overall, that is really, I don't think that's something that I will get over right and now. Why do you, and why do you say that? Because if you could have, I know you, you haven't really gotten over your grandmother and Nicole, but why do you feel like you cannot get over this? With your aunt. Because she was the one who helped me get over those situations. Okay. So, like I say, when I was going through things, I'd call her and, you know, I'd be like, what you think? I'd say, well, like, what should I do or whatever? Mm-hmm. So, she'll, you know, she'll make sure. And I was definitely one of her favorites. So, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't, okay, so I do want to get to a point to where I'm okay. I'm now to the point where I can talk about her without crying. Okay. Because I I used to couldn't do that. Um I had a dream maybe about right after Christmas, the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. And um she came she came to me in like in a dream mm-hmm. and um she was like, You need to get it together. Mm-hmm. She was like, You need to get it together. So that next morning, but she was in my dream clear as day. I could see her face, everything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we was to a funeral all over again, but I could never see the person face. So that kind of, you know, scared me. So I was like, no, I got to get it together. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, try to come together to try to stay level-headed. And I still fight that a lot. Mm-hmm. Recently, when it was her anniversary... Um, in August, and we had, you know, a little gathering. I was, and we, everybody was sharing their things about her, you know, that they missed or what she did. And I cried literally the whole time I was talking because I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I really miss her because, like, it's different. Even I see my mom going through the transition of not having her anymore. Because that was her sister. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, just not having her around anymore. Um, and, you know, I see her grieve, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. I just try to be scrum for people. But I was to the point to where if I'm being scrum for people, who going to be scrum for me? So, how, do, like, have you ever, like, gotten to the point, like, okay, God, what is my purpose throughout all of this pain that I've been dealing with left and right? I haven't really questioned that, but what I feel is, I feel like he gave me those tasks because he felt like I was strong enough to handle those tasks. Mm -hmm. So, I, I couldn't, if I had to go through that all over again, I don't think that I could mm-hmm. because especially not someone close to me. And why do you say that? Because I think that that's going to be too much. That would be too much mm-hmm. because and I dealt with this that's three times 
that I've dealt with that with someone really close to me. Now, I've lost my grandparents on my dad's side. But, but it didn't hit as home as the one on your right, side. Right, because I was always around them. Like, I was always around them. They was, you know, there for me. They was talking. But I didn't expect my auntie to pass away. And how do you cope with your situations now? Like, how do you cope? I really just put the best on the outside. I hold it in a lot, and people don't know. I I be fighting my own demons sometimes. Mm-hmm. And but how do you think you can release yourself to be set free from that prison, or to be set free from all of those issues that you are suppressing and putting the best on the outside? Because a lot of people put the best on the outside. They wear designer. They you know, hair done, lashes done, you know, they fix themselves up, but on the inside, they're broken. Like, how do you think you can, like, actually heal yourself from these different situations that, that you know, you have gone through? Right. Um, that, I don't really know. Um, I just take it one day at a time. I can honestly say these last two months have been much, much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, I deal with it. I mean, I deal with it pretty good, I feel like. Um, I did. I I was to a point to where I was starting to kind of not really get over it, but starting to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. But it's like when I get to that point to be okay with it, it's something that sets me back to where I'm not okay with it again. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I feel like at some point I will be, mm-hmm. but just, but on, in my own time. And it's, when I do it, it's going to have to be for me, not for anyone else. So do you ever like journal or, you know, write down your feelings or emotions and things? Yes. Yes. So have you ever gotten to the point, because I know when I went through some situations that I've gone through, I wrote down my issues and I asked myself, why do I feel this way? And I kept asking myself, why, 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 till I got to the root of my problem. Have you ever thought about, you know, doing that? I write down, I keep, I keep a journal in my purse. And all that. So I write down a lot of stuff as far as the things that I've been through. But but have you gotten to the nitty gritty of it? For example, okay, with the different deaths for the people that was close to you. And you ask yourself, okay, why do I feel this way? And then you may say, because I was so close to them or whatever. And it's like you keep asking yourself why. Until you get to the root of the problem. And once you start doing that. Because that's what I did. I have a whole notebook. And once I wrote down my issues. And I got kept asking myself why. It, it, it helped heal me. Because now I know why I feel the way that I feel. Okay. So, yes, I have. But the only solution I came up with is I'll start going to church. Mm-hmm. But then i back off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's trying to get me more involved, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm almost backing away up from it. And why is that? If that's where you know you can get your true healing from. 
Um, in some case, cases, I'm not consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't like change, really, mm-hmm. because it's like I have to readjust mm-hmm. to those things. So, I still, like, I still go to church, you know, occasionally, but of course, you know, not now with COVID, mm-hmm. but... I sometimes I would have I was going to church like in two thousand nineteen. Like I've been to church twice in that whole year. But was you going to church because of your aunt passing, or was it just no? This was before she even passed. Okay. So and I was trying to figure out what 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 am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong that I have to keep going through this? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't really figure out nothing but that. That was mm-hmm. the only thing I could figure out because. I did the right thing. I got married before I had a child. Mm-hmm. I did all that, all those things that I know I should have done and did the proper way. Mm-hmm. But I will heal at some point completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try to stay when I'm around her kids because mm-hmm. she has six kids and one mm-hmm. girl. And so I, you only have three, three of them. Who? Cool. Of Nicole kids? No, I well, one of them are grown now. Okay. So I had three of them, yes. Okay. I did have three of them, but when I like when I talk to my Auntie Marie kids, I don't I don't show them any emotion. Okay. Because that's their mom at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And they're still grieving. Mm-hmm. So I don't really we we talk about her, mm-hmm. but I don't show any emotion towards it because okay. I don't want to make them depressed. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So through it all, how did you, because I know you're still on your, you know, journey, but from the parts that you have healed in, what advice could you give to those who are, who's listening, who may be dealing with death? Like, what advice could you give to them for the parts that you have already healed in? The advice I can give them is talk about it. Don't hold it in because eventually it's going to get the best of you. If you keep holding it in, keep holding it in, and you're going to explode that one, you know, that one day. Mm-hmm. Because I've been in situations like that where I just held everything in and then I exploded. Mm-hmm. And then it was too bad because I was holding all this in. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I'm real laid back, humble, mm-hmm. but when I'm pissed, I'm pissed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when I'm mad, I don't think, mm-hmm. and I may go overboard mm-hmm. when I, sh- I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. So my advice uh, solely be don't hold it in, tell your truth. Say whatever it is you got to say mm-hmm. and be done with it. Mm-hmm. And what are some other things that you, I know you say you write, you keep a journal with you, but what are some other things that you do? Like, did you start a business? Like, what are some other things that you do to kind of like keep you level headed and to keep you focused and, you know, on the straight and narrow? I, I didn't start a business, mm-hmm. but I started a business for my daughter, okay. my oldest daughter, okay. because I felt like. I can build her brand up. Mm-hmm. Me working on that, I'm kind of behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's her business, 
but I'm helping her brand it. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure she she have the things she needs. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was more important to push her versus mm-hmm. myself. And why do you feel that way? Because I want her to learn independence. Mm-hmm. I don't want her to ever think that she has to depend on a man for anything mm-hmm. or to even settle for less mm-hmm. because she's worth more. Mm-hmm. So she's she's her own love housewife. Mm-hmm. She she's really good with her business. So okay. and she does really well okay. with it. So and is there anything else you would like to share with us or do you have any shout outs that you would like to give in uh, your social media accounts for those who are dealing with different situations that you have gone through, how they can reach out to you and maybe you all can, you know, work together and maybe cope with your different issues? Um, how can they find you? They can find me on Facebook. Um under Sharika Jackson. And how do you spell Sharika? S-H-E-R-I-K-A. Also, um, on Instagram, underscore Miss Jackson. And is that with an S or a Z? It's with a, no, it's with an S. Miss Jackson. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Until next time, Pain to Purpose with Aisha Monique. Podcast Hub, SoundCloud, and HeavyTraffic.com. Please subscribe.